Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul fast again this morning. Father, thank you once again for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, because you laid me to bed. And now that I am awake, it is by your grace. I thank you, precious Lord. Be glorified, Lord, for the blessings, for the beauty, for the testimonies of today. Be glorified because this is the day that you have made. Scripture says you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you for the privilege to worship you. I thank you, Lord, that I can call you my Father. I thank you, Lord, that I can call you my King and my Lord. Be glorified forevermore in the name of Jesus. Today, I declare that you are Jehovah. You are Jehovah Shammah. You are Jehovah Roy, the Lord, my shepherd, the one who watches over my soul. You are Jehovah Shammah, the one who is present with me in every situation. Yahweh, I give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I join your people from everywhere listening in this morning to say that you are indeed worthy to be praised be glorified as we read your word again this morning we ask father speak to us once again we ask lord give us wisdom give us understanding help us learn the lessons in your word and let your name alone be glorified in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen all right let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning i am morphe Eyenike. all right we continue our reading of the new testament we are currently in the book of mark yesterday we stopped on chapter six today we take two more chapters chapter seven and chapter eight in chapter seven jesus mixes or mark gives the account of jesus mixing a little bit of teaching and then the miracles will continue okay so we read compare what we have read about some of these miracles especially in the accounts of matthew that we already read and see the lessons to learn from here mark chapter 6 jesus teaches about inner purity okay how can somebody become holy Yes, we know that there are two dimensions to our righteousness and our righteous work with God. There is the righteousness that God imputes, that we don't have anything. We can't do anything about it. It's a gift from God. But there is also the righteousness that comes from living a holy life. We'll see Jesus' okay, um, advice on that. And then we'll see the fate of a Gentile woman who asks Jesus, okay, Lord, you can heal, you can, I can get a miracle from you. Even though I do not qualify, my faith in you is strong. And I'm telling you, Jesus will respect our faith. And in Mark chapter 8, we see Jesus feed the 4,000 and many, many lessons to learn. In chapter 8, the Pharisees would demand a miracle. Jesus would tell them, look, um, the only miracle you will get is the miracle of the prophet Jonah. All right, so let's read 
get your Bibles, Mark chapter 7. One day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. Hand washing before eating. Remember that in Matthew's account, you know, they were accusing the disciples, okay, of harvesting grain. <laughs> harvesting grain because those ones were hungry and they were eating, they were just plucking grains and eating them. Uh, so it wasn't only that one. This is a different type of accusation. They are accusing them of defiling themselves because they did not wash their hands before eating. He says the disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So they had many, many ceremonial or traditions that they have clung to, okay? Traditions that you can really take from the law. And if you try to read the law, you would understand why God gave them those laws. Some of those laws were given to them when they were still in the wilderness. Just imagine some three point something million people going about in the wilderness, going about in the desert. God had to give them laws, okay? laws to help their hygiene to help them be clean so that there will not be breakouts of of a disease and pandemic okay in their midst that was the purpose of some of those laws they were not supposed to become chains you put in people on people's hands and legs you know to bind them so here okay while it is a good thing that you wash your hands before eating and that's hygiene but they've taken it well beyond that. He says they do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands <laughs> as required by their ancient tradition. So there was a particular way you had to wash your hands for your hands to be considered clean. Okay, so not only that, he says they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. Uh, this is but one of many traditions that they have clung to. They had missed the purpose of this law. The purpose of this law was hygiene. Okay? At, at best, you could say for your physical health. It had nothing to do with your spiritual health or your work with God. In other words, you can't become defiled just because you did not wash your hands. But this was what the Pharisees were, were, were demanding, that the, the disciples were defiling themselves by eating from not washing their hands. It says, verse 5, So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, Why don't your disciples follow our age-old traditions? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. It is not just the hand-washing, no. Remember, there's, a, <laughs> there's another word added to the end, an adjective that says ceremony. In other words, there is a ceremony to be followed. And unless you follow that ceremony, even if you just washed your hand, you will still have broken their laws. 
Jesus replied, you hypocrites. <laughs> Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, okay, and Isaiah was just a wonderful prophet. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is fast, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. And I'm telling you, a lot of people fall for the same thing. You find this in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. People would teach man-made ideas and tell you that they are words from God. Ah, I don't know about you, but I think it is the responsibility of every child of God to know what is it that they are hearing that is from God or that is man-made? Jesus said, what these guys were teaching is man-made. Yes, he says their worship is fast. It's enough for they teach man-made ideas as commanded from, from God. He says, for you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. In other words, they were missing the purpose of the law. They had ignored the law and they had substituted it with their tradition. Now it says that he said, you skillfully sidestepped God's laws in order to hold on to your own tradition. You sidestep God's law in order to hold on to tr your own tradition. In other words, they were never following the law of God. They were never following God. What they were following where their tradition it says you hold on to your own tradition for instance moses gave you this law from god honor your father and and your mother and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of of father or mother must be put to death and i'm sure you would understand why moses would have given them this law it was very important that children okay respect and obey their parents you find this in exodus chapter 21 verse 17 leviticus chapter 20 verse 9 okay it was important that children obey their parents instead the pharisees came up with their own tradition to break that that law it says that but you say it is all right for people to say to their parents sorry i can't help you for i have vowed to give to god what i would have given to you do you know what that means? We call this the Koban. So you know what that means? That means that I can give in church and not take care of my parents. I can claim I am doing my duty, a duty in church, in the temple, and not bother taking care you know, of my family. And they were, they, were, they were justifying it. They were saying that it was right, it was correct. It says that in this way, Jesus continues verse 12, in this way you let them disregard their needy parents. It says, and so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And I'm telling you, this is going to be our talking point this morning. Have you been canceling the word of God in order for you to hand down your own traditions? Some of us need to take a look at our lives and ask ourselves some of the things that we are holding on to. Where did we get them from? Just the same way God asked Adam, who told you that you are naked? Where did you get it from? Okay, this fighting, all of this fighting that you hold on to this thing. Why will you be doing this in the house of God? Why will you be doing that in the house of God? Whose tradition is it? Is it the law of God? Is it, are you following the purpose? Remember, the purpose of every law God gave the children of Israel was love. 
Washing your hand, eh? It is love that you wash your hands so that you will not fall sick. And then when you fall sick, God forbid you die, you leave your children behind, you leave your wife behind, you leave your husband behind, and all of that. It was love. It was not in any way, okay, to shield anybody or to push them away from God. It says in this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many. So they had many that they were doing. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It is not what goes into your body that defies you. You are defied by what comes from your heart. So Jesus will begin to preach about holiness. They thought that holiness okay is measured by what people hit by the physical jesus is saying no holiness comes from something more deeper than that he says you are defied by what comes from your heart let me take 15 again it is not what goes into your body that defiles you you are defied by what comes from your heart you want to be holy address what is coming from your heart 17 then jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just shared don't you understand it either he asked can't you see that the food you put in your body cannot defile you food doesn't go into your heart but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer in other words the only thing that defiles you is what enters your heart yes what is inside your heart that is what defiles you you're struggling with something you're struggling with an habit address what is inside your heart okay there's something god has been telling you to do you have not been on you have been unable to do it address what is inside your heart says can't you see that the food you put in your body cannot defile you food does not go into your heart but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer by by saying this he declared that every kind of food is accepted in god's eyes that was what jesus intended you can eat anything as long as you accept it and okay in the name of god as long as it does not affect your body it is free okay he says and then he added it is what goes from inside from inside that defiles you it is what comes from inside that defiles you for from within out of a person's heart comes evil thoughts sexual immorality theft murder adultery greed weak wickedness deceit lustful desires envy slander pride foolishness all these are all these vile things come from within they are what defiles you you want to be holy address what is inside your heart that is what ultimately okay has been bringing the defilement that you have you have been feeling very very important next jesus <clears throat> addresses the fate of a gentile woman then jesus left galilee and went not to the region of tyre he didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it secret. Uh, so Matthew had this account also. He says, right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. A little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her. Since she was a Gentile born in Syria, so Tyre and Sidon obviously is in Syria. He says she was a Gentile born in Syria, Phoenicia, Jesus told her first 
I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the ch- from the children and throw it to the dogs. So there are those who think who say that Jesus was ultimately calling her a dog. Jesus was simply using an, an analogy. Jesus is not capable of sin. Okay, so he could not have been abusing her. He was just trying to get her to understand that he had been set to the lost sheep of the house of israel in other words he was sent to the jews at least his earthly life after that that was after his death was a very different thing he says no the children say it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs she replied that's true lord but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scrap from the children's plates good answer he said now go home for the demon has left your daughter ah i love this kind of casting out demons it means that the demons eh, were listening to their conversation so the minute this woman expressed her faith in jesus all it took to cast out this demon is good answer <laughs> he said now go home for the demon has left the demon left immediately there was no struggle he says it has left your daughter and when she arrived home she found a little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone next jesus heals a deaf man jesus left her and went up to sidon <clears throat> so the same thing in syria before going back to the sea of galilee and the region of the ten towns a deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him and the people begged jesus to lay his hand on the man to heal him jesus led him away from the crowd so they could be alone he put his finger into the man's ears then spitting on his other finger he touched the man's tongue looking up to heaven he signed and said "Ephata, Ephata," which means be opened okay so you look at this miracle of jesus and you're wondering why all of this demonstration jesus didn't Jesus didn't need demonstrations like this, apart from, I think it was in the book of John, when Jesus also, you know, um, put saliva on mud and rubbed it on the eyes of someone before the person saw. Okay, so why the need for all of this demonstration? So I always will tell people, whenever there is need for an expression of outward grace, it is usually because of the person, yes, either the inability of the person to believe or this is the one thing that will provoke their faith yes that's one thing i have learned about god so when jesus was doing this jesus was not doing it for jesus jesus was not doing it because he didn't have the power okay to have opened the man's you know eyes and cured his impediment in speaking no it was the man okay that was the challenge and so in doing this this was how the man was best able to receive to receive from jesus that's what i will say he says instantly the man could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone but the more he told them not to the more they spread the news they were com- they were completely amazed and and said again and again everything is though he does is wonderful he even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak did you hear that everything that jesus does is wonderful everything he does today is still wonderful so don't allow the devil to lie to you hallelujah 
All right, let's move on to Mark chapter 8. Jesus feeds 4,000. He says, About this time, another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days, and they have, they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? And sometimes I just question the understanding and the belief of the disciples. I question it not because I think I would have done any differently, but they were walking with Jesus himself. And sometimes their questions were very, very funny. Okay, so they said, how will we get food to feed all these people in the wilderness? This is the second time, okay? It wasn't that. The first time, the first time it was the 5,000 men that Jesus fed. So Jesus had done this before. So why could they not? Jesus, could you walk your miracle like you did with the 5,000 5, men? Could you do it now? Okay, that would have been a better question than to ask how could they get food? Why say, you see, how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? So Jesus' response is always very very funny and i'm telling you it is still his response to us today i know that some of us need and this is one of the reasons why i keep a testimony diary yes i keep a diary of the things that god has done for me when i i get a miracle in my life i i note it down because i know that the human heart forgets easily yes the disciples could have forgotten okay they could easily have forgotten the human heart the human mind is is deceitful and desperately wicked it forgets easily what god has done so here even though jesus had filled the five thousand they were asking jesus how were they supposed they were not asking one another they were asking him jesus asked how much bread do you have seven loaves they replied so jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground then he took the seven loaves thanked god for them and broke them into pieces he gave them to the to his disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd he says a few small fish were found too so jesus also blessed this and told the disciples to distribute them they ate as much as they wanted afterward the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftovers so you know if it happened once it was a mistake by the time it is happening a second time you have learned how god works first of all learn how jesus receives this miracle by first of all thanking god yes he thanked god you know that god was going to meet the needs of the people thank god i don't know what needs you have in your life what lacks you have in your life thank god the bible says in all things we should give in thanks secondly like i asked the last time when we read the miracle of the five for the five thousand i said that when did the when did the bread and the fish multiplied was it in the hand of jesus or was it in the hands of the disciples i can promise you it was in the hands of the disciples when jesus gave it to them they were broken breads but as they moved into that crowd the bread began to multiply you want a miracle from god take the broken bread take the little fish in your hand and move into the crowd and i'm telling you you will see the power of god move you will see the power of god move he says 
he blessed this and told the disciples to distribute them. Since they ate as much as they wanted afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftovers. Since there were four, about 4,000 men in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after, after they had eaten. Immediately after this, he got into a boat with his disciples and crossed over to the region of Dalmanuta. Dal, sorry, Dalmanuta. He crossed over to the region of Dalmanuta. So one of the things you learned about Jesus was that he did not marinate. He did, he did not dwell on miracles. Miracles were not so important for him. It was more a relationship with God. So even in the face of miracles, he would turn back to going to spend time alone with God. I'm telling you, it's a very important lesson you should learn as a child of God and as a minister of God. Don't dwell on miracles. Next, we see the, the Pharisees demand a miraculous sign. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him. Testing him, they demanded that he showed them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When he had when he had this, he signed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back into the boat and left them, and he crossed to the other side of the lake. So it meant that this was not just the first time. We know they had asked him one time. He, there was one time they asked him to give them a miracle. He said he was going to give them the miracle of the prophet Jonah. There was one time they asked him to give them a miracle. He told them that they could tell and decipher the weather. They could not tell and understood the times that they were leaving him here jesus just got back into the boat and left <laughs> next jesus speaks about the yeast of the pharisees and Herod. but the disciples had forgotten to bring any bread they had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat as they were crossing the lake jesus warned them watch out beware of the yeast of the pharisees and Herod." At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts so hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 5, with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterwards? Twelve, they said. Jesus said, And when I fed the four thousand with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftover did you pick up? Seven, they said. He says, Don't you understand yet? He asked. In other words, even this one loaf of bread is enough for all of us to eat. But I am talking about the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. The question is, What was the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod? That one is a question for you to go and answer, to seek and to answer as we as we meditate through this devotional for today. He says, don't you understand yet? He asks them. Hmm. So later, Jesus, they were, of course, Mark cuts it short here, but we will understand later that they would then understand that, yes, he was speaking about the Pharisees. He was speaking about their teachings. He was speaking about the way they did things. And I'm telling you, many Christians are Pharisees. Yes, we are not Jews, but we are Pharisees. We are Pharisees. 
and God will help us in Jesus' name. Next, Jesus heals a blind man. When they arrived at Belseda, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see any, anything now? So, you notice that it is Mark that really puts all of this demonstration <laughs> demonstration into his own account. So Jesus, you know, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked him, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. <laughs> Jesus placed his hand on the man's eyes again and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on on your way home okay so very important i say again the problem was not with jesus's anointing it was the person receiving okay but in every of those situations jesus made sure to get the people to their destination next peter would declare make a declaration about jesus jesus and his disciples left verse 27 left galilee and went up to the village near caesarea philippi as they were walking along he asked them who do people say i am well they replied some say john the baptist some say elijah and others say you are one of the other prophets then he asked them but who do you say i am peter replied you are the messiah but jesus warned them not to tell anyone about about him next jesus predicts his death then jesus began to tell them that the son of man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders the leading priests and the teachers of religious law he would be killed but three days later he will rise from the dead as he talked about this openly with his disciples peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things <laughs> jesus turned around and looked at his disciples then reprimanded peter get away from me satan he said you are seeing things merely from a human point of view not from god's is it that peter is satan no that's not what jesus is saying jesus is saying that peter you are handing over your mind you are handing over your mouth okay to satan to speak through you so when jesus said get behind me satan he was addressing the controlling influence the spirit that was using the mouth of peter to speak he said no you are saying things merely from a human point of view not from god's so then calling the crowds to him to to join his disciples he said if any of you want to be my followers you must give up your own your own way take up your cross and follow me so you had you understand what satan was trying to do right he was trying to get jesus to live longer he died at 33 and a half years. He was trying to get Jesus to live longer. The very temptation he used on him at the beginning when he told him to use his power to feed him, to give himself bread. Yes, that he should jump. The angels would take care of him. You know, that he would 
give him all the glory of the world if you could just bow to him it is the same temptation that satan is using right here you will don't die <laughs> live longer live longer but jesus was saying mm-hmm, you don't understand you are seeing things from your perspective from a man's perspective not from god's perspective so jesus is telling us here the only way to break free from this kind of limitation this kind of bondage okay is to totally surrender totally surrender jesus said if you want to be my followers you must give up your own way take up your cross and follow me take up your cross and follow jesus take up your cross you know what the cross means the cross means to die yes everyone who carried the cross ended up on on top of it so when jesus said pick up your cross it means that i give up my life have you given up your life to jesus jesus said if you try to hang on to your life you will lose it but if you give if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of of the good news you will save it and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul is anything worth more than your soul if anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his father with the holy angels and this one is a very important lesson to learn listen listen very carefully this morning god is counting on you god is counting on me to surrender you want god to use you surrender take up your cross and follow jesus take up your cross and follow jesus the devil will tempt you in different ways will tell you to hold on to what you have yes some people will say tell you that a bed in hand is worth many in the bush (laughs) with god you don't need the bed in hand surrender your faith totally to jesus and you will see the wonders that god can walk through you yes you will see the marvelous things that god can walk through you and i'm praying for you the lord will walk through you in the mighty name of jesus we learned so many lessons today as jesus teaches you know teaches about purity teaches you know how we can become holy very important that we pay attention to the things that are entering our hearts we learn about faith and that is very very important but today have you carried your cross and are you ready to follow jesus have you carried your cross and are you ready to follow jesus i have carried my cross and i will never look back i pray that you will never look back in the mighty name of jesus father we give you everything this morning as we go lord once again help us to imbibe these lessons in the name of jesus help us to live today for you help us to pick our up our cross and follow you in the mighty name of jesus jesus we will never deny you we will live for you every single day of our lives in the mighty name of jesus father we thank you this morning be glorified through us in the name of jesus touch this word through us bless people change people through our lives let your name alone be glorified we give you all the praise in jesus mighty name we are afraid amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day